Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! to another episode of On The Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. Okay, I am now live. Um, Today we'll be looking for Maria Jose. Let me ping Maria and say, hi, you guys. How are you? Can you guys hear me? I'll just say hello to people. And let me see if she's typing. Yes. Should I call you on the phone? <laughs> no, no. Open. No. We're going live now. So you should open your Instagram and have the girl help you. And then tap on my profile on the avatar for to go live. Okay. Okay, we can do this. Oh, Lopez joined. Okay, hold on. Oh my God. Okay, we can do this. We can do this. Let me see. I don't see you. Hey! Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> finally, finally. I know. How are you? How have you been? I'm fine. And you, well, we follow you. So I know. More of what do you mean you, you follow me? You don't follow anybody. I'm sure you don't follow anybody. You said you have social media phobia. You have somebody doing it, right? But you know, the people who are helping me, I think are worse as myself. So, no, that's good. No, that's very good. I think this is the spirit of Lope de Redia, you know? No one is an expert in social media. No okay. one. <laughs> so listen. Maria Jose, is this is this your first or your second Insta Live? This is my first time, and you don't know how bad that sounds. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm so so honored. You're doing your first first Insta Live with me. So far, so good, right? Stevie, Stevie, Stevi, you are the queen. You are the queen. <laughs> Listen, I miss you so much. And why are you so damn busy? You're busier than the Pope. Like, so, <laughs> like, what is going on with you? Why have it's, you been so busy? It's very funny because I'm as busy as ever. And I think is that, you know, whoever has a family business, and I always say that our business is very old in age, but it's not big in a structure. So at the end, the family members will have a lot of work to do. Only just facing a difficult situation like this one is a, it's a very busy target, you know? It's like now at the moment, following the vineyards or the wine is one of the easiest uh, things. Uh, it's, it's a lot of worse knowing what is going to happen. Tell me about your family a bit, you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar. You're the fourth generation, is that correct? In, yes. In, 
who's the winemaker in the family? Is it your sister? Is it yourself? Is it your, your father? Give me kind of a skinny version. Yeah. Not like Gabriel Marquez, okay? Not yeah. the hundred years of solitude. I just <laughs> want the skinny version, okay? Exactly, exactly. You are right because it's impossible to tell to talk about 144 years of family history. And also because we have a big amount of documents and it's a beautiful and romantic story. But it was my great grandfather, Rafael. He was born in Chile. Oh, okay. And uh, parents, but his parents were immigrants from the Basque country. They were four children and they were studying in a Jesuit school in Chile. But the father died, so they had an uncle who was a priest that left money to pay the studies to the children. So in 1870, when my great-grandfather was 14, he crossed from Chile to Spain to study in a school of Jesuits in Spain nearby Bilbao. But he studied in 1871, and in 1872, he escaped the school to fight in a war. Spain was divided by the a monarchic war, but it was a complex, it was a war of religion, of economy, like all wars. And he decided to fight in what it was called the Tercera Guerra Carlista, the Third Carlist War. And it lasted very little, a few months, they lost it. So he was taking prisoners and sent to France. And in France, they were young men, as long as they wouldn't enter Spain, they let them go. So he studied international commerce. And when he finished his studies, he wanted to go back to Chile or go to England to learn English. But his mother told him, no, 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 you have to work. So he started to work in the south of France in a company who was dealing with wheat, Barley. What year was this? Because you know, was, this Insta Live lasts only half an hour, right? <laughs> that was in 1870, 75? Okay, so we're in 1875. Okay. Yeah, and don't worry. Okay. <laughs> and then what happened is that uh, he started to work in that company that broke. And two of the creditors of this company in France were the owners of a building in Arc. Our hometown where now the winery is based. How do you say it? Harrow. 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 H. Harrow. Yeah, Harrow. Harrow. And it comes from, it comes from Faro. There was a light from the Ebro River, from the times on which uh, the Ebro River was, was a navigated river. So he came to Harrow with two wine negotiants, two negotiants from uh, France. Uh, they were originally from Alsace, from Po, but they were based in Bordeaux. And many of the people who know the history of Rioja knows that we were born Rioja because of the disease of the phylloxera that ruined uh, Bordeaux and is how Rioja was officially born. It's a longer story, but for making the story short, my great-grandfather married a woman from Aru. The woman from Aru we are called Jarreras eh, from, a, from a jar that was found in the village of Aro in the 12th century. And he never went back to Chile. He was living between Aro and Madrid. And he had 15 children. And he 15? had a project. 15 children. One five? One five. And my great-grandmother had plain power to manage the business. But neither my great-grandfather, nor my grandfather's second generation, nor my father, third generation study winemaking, 
in so many years of family business, the only ones who have studied winemaking is me and then my sister. Officially, the one who is in charge of the everyday winemaker is my sister. What's I am a winemaker. What, and what's your sister's name? Mercedes. The girl has the name yeah. of a woman. Yes. <laughs> Something that not many people know, you know. So you're and both winemakers, you and yes. Mercedes. Who's older, you or Mercedes? I'm older. But, okay. Uh, uh, we are a year and a half difference in age. So there is not much. And by the way, this year, my sister has been named by Tim Upkin, the winemaker of the year, by him. Well, so congratulations. Very... I know you won a bunch of awards from Tim this year, right? Yes. Like, like 100 yes. points or something. Yes, 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 yes. One of our wines, a Gran Reserva White, Viña Tondonia, has been recorded by him with 100 points for the That's first time crazy, right? Yeah, it's been crazy and it's been fantastic in the middle of so many sad news. Uh, receiving so many recognitions have been fantastic. I must admit that we are happy about the wines, but we are happy about our sister because she is having a lot of responsibility and she's doing a great job. And I'm always uh, fighting with her to make sure that she doesn't change a bit the style and the character of the wines that were made by our great-grandfather. After so many years, after 144 years, still the winery that our great-grandfather designed is unfinished. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery. Now, back to the show. It's not so imagine. It's not finished. So we have a lot of work to do, you know? So do you feel like your winery is like, it's not the oldest, right? But it just, it's the most traditional in a way. We are the oldest in, a, in our hometown and uh, we are considered the oldest in Rioja. And I'm saying this because now we are reading about many companies in Rioja that are celebrating lots of uh, anniversaries. And uh, I think we should study uh, in Rioja and all over the world very well how to dictate when a company has started officially, when a winery. But nevertheless, being one year older than other, it's not important for us. What it is important for us is that it's true that we are one of the few wineries, not only in Rioja, in Spain and in the world, that are 100% family owned. Because right. you can find many old companies. And the fact that we are family owned is that... Uh, is that I met, uh, I met my grandfather. My grandfather died 95 years old and I was 17. So our grandfather taught us many things and transmit uh, us uh, a will of, of please, please do not change anything, you know, do not change. So yes, we are known in the wine industry more than traditional. We are known as crazy people. Because many, yeah, very crazy, uh, because many of the things we do, the way we work, now are extremely trendy, but for many years, 
uh, were absolutely unique. We still harvest like a hundred years ago with the same wooden baskets. The way we ferment the wines is very extraordinary, but also the way we grow the vines, which many people think that we do the viticulture of the 18th century, but our vine growing is the 19th century. And, uh, but yes, we are. Do you, are you reading any of the messages? Because this uh, no, dude, no, 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 he's like, they, you, they deserve hundred points for everything. This is tradition. This is legacy. <laughs> Saludos. I'm very happy that I managed to talk to you and look at your face. I really cannot look at anywhere else. Listen, I'm talking no about faces. I am not the only one here. I forgot, completely <laughs> forgot to introduce the, our tasting panel. There is a panel. Okay, I'm going to just show you who they are. This is Lance. Hello, Lance. Hello. From China. Hello. And he's our, you know, Vinital uh, International Academy coordinator, Xiaowan. She's doing the Hello. diploma course with me. She'll be finishing in no time. I'll, it'll take me 10 years. This is our wine educator. She's English. <laughs> Very Miss English. She's our WSET also educator in-house. She keeps us everybody in line. Franco is the WSET school coordinator. Franco in the back. Christina, she's our enologist. Your colleague enologist. And this is Jacopo. Hi. Hello. So listen, we will also be doing one wine. This one right here. Yeah. Great <laughs> wine. And uh, we do have some questions also from my colleagues. Okay, let's start with Jacopo. Here, Jacopo. Hi. Hi. I have a technical question. Um, in Rioja, usually for uh, wine aging is used uh, barrels made with American oak. Now, in the last years, a lot of producers are changing to more European barrick or barrels. So what do you use and what do you prefer and why? Well, we use American oak, 100% in the, in the uh, 225 uh, barrels. Uh, I don't know if you know that we have our own cookery. We Ooh. buy the trees. We dry the oak ourselves more than three years. You know that drying the oak is not only losing humidity, it's losing impurities. So we do the natural dryness a year and a half outdoor with the rain, with the wind, with the sun, and then a year and a half in an open indoor. Normally it's more than that. And then we have at the moment three coopers and, uh, and we not only make 100% all our barrels, but we also do a lot of restoration of old barrels. If you read the Bible, if you read the Old Testament, it says new wine in new barrels and old wine and in old barrels. We also make our wooden baskets, comportas that we use. Uh, they are made of poplar tree. We make them new, but we also restore the old ones. So we make everything ourselves. And we also maintain the big vats that we use for storing wine and for fermenting wines. The big vats were made of American, French, Spanish, and Yugoslavian oak. And we have records that our great-grandfather, historically, used to love number one Yugoslavian oak. And uh, there is a very beautiful document that I unload from the National 
library in Spain <laughs> from a journalist that came in 1892 or something like that, 1898, to visit the winery with our great-grandfather. And he mentioned that the majority was uh, Yugoslavian oak. And I asked my father, and my father told us that the Yugoslavian oak had a very gentle character. And with gentle means that our grandfather was very obsessed, and our father as well, with the fact that for us, the barrel is a container where the wines gets very gentle micro-oxygenation, but not an excess of oak flavor. The American oak has lignins, tannins, more aggressive than other type of oak. However, because it was very difficult to find the Yugoslavian oak already many years ago, I'm becoming 50 years old, and uh, I've always known more than, and from all our records, more than 60 or 70 years, that the American oak was a majority in Rioja, was used because it was more available, not because it was considered the best, it's because the wineries in Rioja knew how to use it and how to use it very little time with a very young wine in order to kill somehow all that strong character of the tannins and the lignins and then age the barrels. So personally, I do not have a favorite because we know that physically every oak is different. And also because we haven't had experience in other type of oaks based on one thing is that, as I mentioned before, we are very keen in not changing the Tondonia character, the character that has made our wines, for good or for bad, known for its distinctive style. So one of the reasons why many winemakers knew wineries in Rioja are using another type of wood is because they start from zero. There are many types of oaks available and they want to look for a different character. Also because of the inspiration from France, because at the end, France is still, whether we like it or not, is the country of the inspiration for everybody uh, in the wine world. Everyone look at what French people do. <laughs> I love Italian wines, eh? <laughs> I pass the phone to Shawan. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi, Maria. So I have a quite similar question also about aging. Okay, like, for example, Rioja has always um, aging requirement, which is longer than other parts of Spain, for example, for Reserva, yes. Don Reserva. Also, you have specified you have to age in this 225 liter oak. So I think it would be interesting to hear from one maker what's the benefits of this 225 liter barriques. It's a beautiful question because really we follow today Mm -hmm. The same rules that Rioja established 100 years ago at the beginning of the origin of the Rioja appellation in mm -hmm. 1827. Nowadays, the, uh, the technology has advanced, the knowledge of how to stabilize mm -hmm. the wines faster has advanced, but we use as a technology patient. And historically, in Rioja, they knew that you needed six uh, winters in order to have the what they call the perfect aging the perfect mm -hmm. stabilization of the wines 
three winters in order to stabilize or the crystals, the tartrates mm -hmm. that precipitates with potassium, and three extra winters in order to stabilize all the color components with lower molecular weight. That's why all our Vigna Tondonia wines for us are aged a minimum of six years in barrel, into two to five hundred liters barrels. In, in addition, sometimes they can have one or two or even more years uh, of a storage in a big uh, tina, in a big container of wood, on which there is also an stabilization. But um, our experience has proved that uh, in order to have uh, wines capable to age many years in barrel, you need to have quality grapes. You need to do a very good selection of the grapes. And then once the wines have been gently stable, they really can bottle age, obtaining the final roundness and balance that give finesse and capability of aging, which is one of the character of Rioja, is part of the aging in the barrel, is part of the secrets of why Rioja wines can age. In addition, as the acidity, the character of our climate, the soil, and many others experience. Yeah, thank you so much. So we've started tasting the wines. Lan has a question about the wine, particularly. I learned the Spanish this morning, so I want to uh, show okay. you. Okay, go ahead. Do your Spanish. Buenos días, gracias mucho por el vino. Nos gusta mucho. It's a, I'm very, I feel very embarrassed. I cannot reply in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I've got a question not related to the one we are tasting, but in general. So I noticed that you actually have a, also a tiny production of the white wines from Rioja, and the price is not lower than the red wines. I wonder, like, the reasons behind of that. Well, is that our white wines Still nowadays, we don't know. I believe that there was a time on which uh, our great-grandfather made almost 50% of white Viña Tondonia and 50% uh, of red. The important part of the question is that both of them come from the same Viña. I don't know if you can see, I'm not very good with this, if you can see this very beautiful picture. Uh, yeah. That is, this is the original drawing from 19... Uh, 24 or 21, we are not 100% sure, of the vineyard Viña Tondonia. You that are based in Italy, you know that the reason why the name is called Tondonia is Tondon Round. It's, a, it's almost like a peninsula bordered by the Ebro River. And the character of the vineyard is that has all the type of orientations and have capability of making both white and red wines with finesse, with nervio, with a lot of nerve, which means with acidity. The white wines uh, historically in Rioja were made with Viura grape, which is a, a grape that we still use to give certain amount of acidity to our reds, with Malvasia, also there was a time with Calagraño, and also with white Grenache. 
And uh, after the history, the volume of the white wines that we have been made has been reduced for market reasons. In the 60s, in Rioja, there was a revolution of technology and white wines started to be made younger, uh, fresher, focus more in the fruit. And Viura is a great variety that cannot be Chardonnay because lacks of that fruit or cannot be compared with an Albariño, a Ribeiro, a Verdejo, the great varieties that are beautifully a flower or fruit focus, they cannot be compared. Viura is a grape that age very well because it is very resistant to oxidation and Viura gets complexity after the years. Because we produce less volume and because it's a rarity, in the latest years, the, our whites have become a, like a cult wines. And that's why many people sadly don't have access to taste them. But uh, hopefully in the future, it's not that we are going to increase immensely the production, but we have gone through some years in which the vineyards are very old, the yields are very low, and the volume that we produce for the demand has increased, uh, probably due to the to this Instagram and Facebook and the whole world is <laughs> getting to know them. So it's a bad thing for us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you. Maria Jose, okay, so that was the Spanish Inquisition. We are we're out of time, but if you can just give us kind of a short version, because we do dedicate these lives to also our students. And of course, your wine is one of the benchmark wines for the WSET students. And this is the current vintage, 2008. So would you yes. mind giving us just a small, skinny, guided tasting? And okay. contextualizing as kind of the benchmark wine for your area and, of course, for your company. Okay. So when I was mentioning about the vineyard, Viña Tondonia, and that there was a village called Tondon in that area, is because we own four vineyards and our great-grandfather named to his own name, Rafael López Heredia, he introduced the name of this most important vineyard into the name of the company. So Viña Tondonia is the name of our company, but it's the name of five wines we make every year. Tondonia red and white, the majority is red. And then occasionally, certain years, we make white, red, and rosé. Uh, the Tondonia red and the white, we make them every year. It's very exceptional. It's very difficult that we lose 100% of the production because of the spring frost. For instance, that is what we suffer the most in Rioja Alta. What is the altitude? It doesn't get to 500 meters. It's around 480 meters. But it's the latitude with, which gives the character. We are in the middle of Spain. So the latitude is what makes that we get very few hours of insulation. That is why Rioja Alta is joined to the certain areas of Ribera del Duero, some of the latest harvest in Spain. Otherwise, the Tempranillo, which is the majority in this wine, does not 
matured enough. This was the favorite vineyard of our great-grandfather because the type of soil is clay and limestone. The roots can go deep many meters to realize that Spain in general and Rioja in particular are very dry countries. So we can be more organic than many other countries because it doesn't rain. The main problem is surviving year after year, the lack of water. So this vineyard is the more versatile of all so of what the is wine. the soil what is the soil structure in this area for this wine that Tondonia? The soil is from the Tertiaria era, is clay and limestone, and mm -hmm. it has a lot of gravel, which allow the roots go deep, especially when the vines have a certain age, obviously. And how old are your vines? Well, because we have many vines that were replanted by our great-grandfather after the phylloxera from 1901 to 1907, some of them became 100 years in 2001 and on and on. But at that time, they didn't know enough which was the right graft that could fight against the phylloxera. So in 1920 and in the 30s, they suffer phylloxera again. They have to replant. So at the end, we have an average of age of 50, 55 years. We leave the land rest for many, many years. 13, 14, we grow wheat in general, barley. You mean fallow? Like you... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We leave the land rest. Well, 13 but years. Because we are slow. But and, that's not, I mean, how can you afford that? That's so expensive, right? To leave a land fallow for so many years. Yes, but we believe that this is why we are here after 144 years. Because whoever is in the wine industry knows that there is no um, life or long life without sacrifice. And uh, within that sacrifice, there is an economical sacrifice. Uh, one mm. has to believe we are... Uh, lucky that somebody started and that we have always worked on a way that we always save money for difficult moments. But we believe in the way to fight against nematodos, especially to fight against nematodes, mm -hmm. is just to leave the land rest. So then we replant uh, some of our, uh, uh, we replant in the same percentage because another of the character of this wine is that has the Blending that made Rioja known, 70% Empranillo, 20% Garnacho, Grenache, that was used historically in Rioja to increase the alcohol content. Is it Garnacho or Garnaca? What is Garnacho? You can use feminine, masculine. Tempranillo, oh, okay. Tempranillo. You see, that's the confusion. We were fighting with my <laughs> colleagues where I'm like, no, no, no Garnacha, no Garnacho, Garnacha, Garnacho. No, no, you, ah, can, okay, say you can say Garnacho, Garnacha, Mazuelo, Mazuela, eh, Graciano, Graciano. Yeah, just, yes, yeah, go on and on. <laughs> but in general, Garnacho is more known. Garnacha is known in Aragon, where it's uh, originally because had a specific wine called Garnacha, who had a particular character, very well known over there. And especially when they make vinos rancios, vinos... Uh, a specific wine from the Garnacha grape. Garnacha is a grape that has acidity and also help us historically to have alcohol content because one of the problems that Rioja, especially Rioja Alta had before the phylloxera arrived is that the wines could not travel because they became vinegar. 
because the alcohol content was very low. And also in order to give color to these wines, we use a little bit of Marat, Marat, uh, Graziano and Mazuelo. Mazuelo is Cariñena, it's the same as the Cariña. Right. And um, Mazuelo is very sensitive to oidium, poultry mildew, and that's why not many people wanted to grow it. Mazuelo has high yields, and this is the reason why it's used to give acidity to the wines, because normally with our climate, it never matures enough. Graziano is used to give acidity, but because the maturation cycle is very, very long, and this blending, when was it? That's why you were asking me about the master wine, about why this wine probably is used, is because after the Philoxera and Rioja, they were worried the same way that in France of losing character. At that time, they thought that Rioja wines were already well known. So they didn't want it to lose the character. Mm. So all the investigators at that time, from the enological station in Aro, which is the oldest in Spain, all the people who fought against the phylloxera, dictated and, and, and wrote how a classical Rioja wine should be. And it was a blending of 70%, Tempranillo, 20%, 5-5. And my great-grandfather followed that recipe because my great-grandfather was a wine negotiant, was not a winemaker, was not a, a wine man. He was a man who uh, took the example and learned from the best and uh, was in contact with France was in contact with the most important investigators and the experience with wine. And still nowadays, we are faithful uh, to that blending because it's a blending that gives the more finesse of all our wines, fine wines. Rioja was known for making vinos finos. Fine Listen, wine. one last question before we go, Maria say um, Out of these four grape varieties. Are they any of these more favorable for climate change? Any of these grapes? Yes. That's a very good question. The Graziano. The Graziano. Okay. Nowadays, nowadays, we believe that um, if we reduce a small amount of, um, of Garnacho, because this, this wine has already 13% alcohol content, which for us is a drama. It's a drama because right, we right. make wines of 12, 12 and a half. We don't want to increase the alcohol content, but of course, it's not only alcohol content. We need balance wines year after year. We believe that the Graziano, because it's more optimus for uh, maintaining the, the acidity levels, this is the one who will help us to survive uh, in relation to the climate change, also the Mazuelo. But Estevi, only one thing that is very important also, part of the history of Rioja that gives character to these wines. If you notice in the label says 2008, and I did not mention the vintage. Rioja until 1981 released the wines without vintage because oh. they were blending wines. It's exactly like Vega Sicilia Unico oh. is one that everybody knows as a wine that it was a blending wine. Why? Because not only they blend these four red grape varieties, but also they blend 
vintage, different, a small percentage of other year in order to balance color, alcohol, acidity, and to make. But this is the vintage yeah. of 2008, is that this correct? This vintage 2008, but the vintage only guarantees that is 85% still now. Oh, okay. We can blend a 15% in order to balance the wines. And we do. We are faithful to that way of uh, winemaking. So that's why for us, the character of the year, of course, as winemakers, when you have a great vintage, you have to blend a lot of less because you have, uh, in general, well-balanced wines in difficult years is when you have to blend more and is when you have you have to prove more your experience your knowledge your beliefs and many other things you know but um in order to explain the spirit and the real essence of this tondonia i will need three hours two days <laughs> We're just going to have to come to you. That's the only solution. <laughs> Please do. Okay. Please do. Listen, Please do. thank you so much. We want a little overtime, but, you know, it's your debut, Insta Live debut. <laughs> I think it's, you know, this is history happening right in front of us. And what do you think? Anne said, a role model for Rihoya, and I agree. <laughs> we love you. Everybody loves you. Let's say goodbye <laughs> to Mariose. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us on another installment of On the Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Join her again next week for more interesting content in the Italian wine scene. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. You can also check out our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, to watch these interviews and the footage captured of each location. Chin chin!